Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast, Almost Here, Round the Corner Technology. And today I have John Hazel. Um, he works in the realm of uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and how they're affected uh, tax-wise. John, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So what, what's your background? How did you get involved with or know about uh, cryptocurrencies when you know, I'm sure almost nobody in the tax world does? Well, I've been doing taxes, gosh, now I guess... Uh, Started in 1993, so the 24th year. Wow. Um, and in uh, 2013, I um, I started seeing the rise of it, and uh, right at, during tax season that year. And if you follow the history of Bitcoin, you know that in 2013, in the spring, that was the the uh, prime mover date. That's when uh, Cyprus had its issue there with banking and. Uh, Bitcoin basically went from yeah seventy dollars, I think over two hundred dollars within a, a week or so, and um, but then it, you know eventually went up to a high point there that later that fall. So that was the, the pinnacle moment, and I was watching that right from the beginning, and uh, yeah, I started following it. Okay, so did you start getting um, you know clients that uh, have been buying or selling or holding Bitcoin? No, you know, I'm here in the Midwest, so no one knows what Bitcoin is even today. I mean, a few people do. I have a a couple clients. I work with one who is, you know, sort of a, he's a, um, oh, a a computer engineer. At the time he had, I think it was the 15th largest computer server network in in the world in his basement. So he was uh, Hmm. here in here in the Midwest in Iowa, so he was, uh, you know, heating his home with this huge unit that he had and mining really? coins. So, uh, so I would talk with him and I would talk with others. But a lot of it, I, uh, I just on my own, I was doing things. And I ended up going to uh, a few different conferences and, um, uh, yeah, I started also I enrolled in the University of Nicosia uh, master's program with digital currency as well. So, so yeah, that's really been my background of just on my own seeking it out, and then I've put it online there as a, a tax advisor, and there just isn't a lot out there. So I've had several people contact me with questions, and I've uh, started doing some you know, various services for them, and, and a lot of it's at this juncture is just conventional tax. You know, it's a lot of it's no CPAs really will handle uh, um, tax questions when it comes to Bitcoin. You know, a lot of them, they just they won't. And um, so well, yeah, why? Why won't they? Well, some of them will, but a lot of them. The challenge with Bitcoin is, and, and digital currency is, it's a little bit outside. It hasn't really had any firm rulings on the IRS, other than it did have in the uh, on the 2014 March 24th date, I believe. They did make the ruling that it was property, but there's been several things that have been 
it's still a little vague. The IRS really hasn't done anything yet with digital currency. I mean, they haven't really gone after anybody. You know, we have the Coinbase case that's that's uh, that's uh, going on right now that hasn't been decided. But now, for the most part, individual users haven't had any um, you know scrutiny. So a lot of CPAs they don't really know how to handle. It. They don't really want to because you know they're they sort of are signing off as you know an official. Um, an accountant on these forms, and they don't really okay. want to put their name on something that they don't quite understand. So, yeah, a lot of so would, I've had several people tell me that that their CPAs never heard of it, they don't know about it, they don't really want to, they don't know enough to sign off on things. All right. So, what can you know? Without people, I mean, people may want to consult with you after this call. That's definitely the goal. What can you tell people generally about uh, Bitcoin? Um, do you see people that are just buying and holding it, or are they buying and selling it many times in a year? You know, like you said, the IRS looks at it as property. So, what do people have to know? What are some of the basics of it? Yeah, the the thing with you know gets interesting from a tax standpoint, and this is you know again the questions of compliance. How is uh, you know how is the the IRS going to do this? You know, technically speaking, anytime you you get a Bitcoin, it's not any different than getting a uh, gold or silver coins. That's how they look at it. You're getting a physical thing, even though it may not be physical. You're getting that, and a tax event then does not happen until then you trade that. You know, and even if you trade it back for dollars or trade it for an item, whatever that is, that's considered a taxable event. So, from an IRS standpoint, the responsibility is on the holder. To track those transitions or transactions. So, you know, if you're into Bitcoin, from an IRS standpoint, it's your responsibility to keep track of all that. Okay, so if, if I buy um, one Bitcoin and I just sit on it, do I have to report to the IRS that I bought it or not until I no. sell it or trade it? No. Yeah, it's just like a stock. You know, your cost basis. If you buy it at, let's say today, it's you know it's almost a thousand dollars. Just use that as a round figure. So let's say you buy it at a thousand dollars, and you hold it for a year. Um, right. Let's say you hold it for eleven months, and then you sell it, and it goes up to twelve hundred dollars. Well, you've had a short-term gain, and that's subject to a higher tax rate at twenty-eight percent. Now, if you hold it over a year, then it's it's a long-term gain at fifteen percent. So that's the thing is it, it is you have to track when you buy and sell. Now the problem with the Bitcoin, of course, as we all know, that's in the Bitcoin world, that no one just buys a Bitcoin and sells a Bitcoin, especially if they're doing regular transactions and purchases. You know, it's hmm. all divisible. So it's that's where it gets really tricky. And yes, technically speaking, if you bought something on Overstock for fifteen or twenty dollars in US dollars worth of uh, Bitcoin, you're supposed to keep track of that and then compute it back to what it, that taxable event would be. So that's the, the t it makes micro uh, transactions difficult. And um, now there is software out there, Libra Tax has software, there's a couple others that has that that will automatically um, you know show those transactions. So it is possible to do, and, you, and we all, you know, there's there's several different uh, um, software packages out there, or, or you know, 
even on Coinbase when you do it, you can see your transactions back and forth. So you, there is ways to keep track right. of that. Okay, so I but it also gets interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's Bitcoin ta uh, tax software, and that's something that if someone contacted myself or someone else, we could also put. The, the trick is not only getting the transactions, but then transferring it over to tax software. You know, if you did a whole bunch of transactions, then you know you got to transfer that over to a Schedule D on the traditional tax form. So that's where you do, you know, someone can do that, but it's probably good to consult with somebody how to do that. Okay. So you have uh, you have clients that are, you know, buying, selling, trading Bitcoin, and you're doing taxes for them? You know, it's, I think this is really probably the first year that it's starting to come on the radar. I think it has in the past, but I don't think it has until, I think people now are realizing they're, they should do something. So I have a couple that I said I'm not going to. Well, I just had a contact here recently, and I and we went back and forth, and just I said, give me a month, <laughs> so then I'll I'll work with you on it. Um, yeah. And then um, it's because it's a little more time consuming right now. It's the early part of tax season. It's the busiest part of tax season, and um, you know. So yeah, there's definitely clients that are, are wanting to have that done. Exactly what I just told you, where they'll transfer okay. over all their their transactions, and then you know we take that and compute it and put on the Schedule D. Um, but yeah, I've also you know I've had um, companies contact me wanting to know how to uh, uh, how to do this for their own reporting. Uh, I've also had a uh, uh, gamblers, that's which is a very interesting one, uh, and that you know gamblers make up. I think it was an 85% of all Bitcoin transactions. Really, and that gets real interesting. So, how to do that? So, yeah, you know, speculators or gamblers? I mean, is there a difference? Gamblers, actual gambling, Bitcoin gambling. Oh, oh, huh. Okay, you mean playing games yeah. online to win Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah. If you get, you know, you just Google Bitcoin gambling, then you all of a sudden you find yourself in a whole new world of online gaming. Okay, okay. So, you know, and uh, it's a, uh, so talking in theoretical terms, um, you know, if someone's out there and wins a, a million dollars in Bitcoin, um, then they have to figure out how to report that or not report it. So that's a, that's a real thing out there. Okay. Um, can you, you know, since Bitcoin is considered to be property by the IRS, can you depreciate it? No, it's not considered that type of property. Um, that's a different type. That's it's considered a uh, you know it's it's a property that's again similar to like a stock or a uh, um, or gold or you know silver coins or any of that. So unlike real estate, which obviously you can depreciate, that has it's a business activity, so that it's being used in business activity. Now you can take a loss on Bitcoin. So obviously, you know, that's the other thing is that, and that's what some traders do. They're just always looking for it to go down a little bit, and they'll trade it real quick and, you know, take the loss. But, yeah, it's a different type of uh, classification of property. Oh, how do that uh, be put in case people, you're good. Yeah. Sorry? Just in case people don't know how do losses work, you know, what if, um, you know, I lost uh, $5,000 worth, I can take that as a deduction, or how would it work? Well, what you do then is is 
just like a stock. So if you lost, if you had a um, Amazon stock and it went down and you lost $10,000 between the time you bought it and sold it, um, you're subject to that capital gain loss uh, limitation. So that's $3,000 a year. So that $10,000, you know, that gets spread out technically over four years with $1,000 in the last year. The same thing would apply to Bitcoin. You can only take up to a $3,000 loss on the Bitcoin um, transaction. Okay. So yeah, it's it's um, you know and it, all of that. This is these are typical tax questions, and the challenge again it gets back on the larger issue is how is the IRS actually going to. Um, you know how are they going to do this? And I, I think they, I think it's getting clear how they're going to do it, how they're going to monitor it, or how they're going to uh, you know penalize for it. And it's just that, um, yeah. How, well, what's that way? What do you think they're going to do? What they're going to do is go after the exchanges. They're showing that with Coinbase. So you know, there's no way right now that the resources the IRS has, and especially under the new administration. Um, their resources, excuse me, are going to be limited, but they'll, they'll go after the source. So if they go after Coinbase, and that's the whole Coinbase ruling, they're trying to actually get Coinbase to turn over um, their users, which they have their you know user information, which then has and included in this this ruling that Coinbase is you know going or the IRS versus Coinbase right now. The IRS also sure. wants all the transaction uh, information, so that's that's pretty interesting. And they've already had a precedent in that with foreign um, going after um, individuals with foreign bank accounts, and they've already done that and done it successfully. The IRS has forced foreign banks to uh, turn over names and and uh, their transactions. So that's they're trying to do the Coinbase, and then so they'll so you know then they'll just go through Coinbase's record or some other larger exchange, then they'll force them to see that there's all these users who never reported any of those transactions. So do you so, think, yeah, I was about to ask you about Coinbase. Do you think the way the IRS did it and just wants all data on all users for a time period is going to work? Or do you think they'll be uh, eventually whittled down to, you know, people with a certain volume? Or what do you guess would happen? I think they'll pick and choose, you know. I mean, I think they could probably, you know, they could go after, yeah, of course, are they going to go after someone who has two Bitcoins and, you know, made a couple transactions? I, I, they might. They might say, all right, you need to report that. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I've got a cold here. I'm seeing all these clients and working through right. that. No problem. Um, but, um you know the, the the probable, yeah. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna go after people that are doing a lot of transactions. And you know, when they see, um, you know, you imagine a gambler, for example, they're moving a lot of money in and out of their uh, their accounts. So if you've got a gambler, that, you know, any more five, ten bitcoins are going in and out. Yeah, that's gonna be, I think, the prime candidate for uh, some type of audit. They may go after all of them, but that's going to be their way of doing it. They're going to go after the source, and then they'll just start, right. you know, doing automated mm -hmm. audits. Just saying, we, you know, we checked 
that's where they, you know, being in this business here for as long as I have, you can see that in the stock markets. You get people that, you know, they get just automated letters. You know, we we get this right. from, uh, you know, these different stocks trades. Oh, and then it's the person's job to prove that there's nothing untoward. So it's essentially like, hey, we think something may be going on. Show us all your records, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, and you know, it's in an audit's a hard thing because once you get in an audit situation, again, most of this will probably be just all automated. So you know, knowing how the IRS works, um, you know, they'll just they'll send out um, you know a bunch of letters saying that we have uh, these sales. Now your proof might be that you didn't have to show that you bought it for this. That's how it usually works in the stock market. They'll say we have a sale of five thousand dollars of Ford stock that you need to report. This is usually the tactic on the IRS. They do not do your cost basis, so then you have to okay. prove your cost basis in an audit situation. And I'm sure the same thing would happen with um, with a uh, a Bitcoin audit. You know, they'll just say, "Oh, we got all these, you know, these sales of Bitcoins under your name," and um, and then they'll ask that you provide the cost basis. Now, the other on the other angle, they're seeing somebody who's had a lot of transactions, and that they actually want to invest the time to do a physical audit. You know, that's that opens up everything. So, if you imagine if you're out there and you're, mm. and you're a listener out there that's doing a lot of Bitcoin activity, <clears throat> that's the possibility that that gives the gate that opens the gate for the IRS to come in and do a physical audit. I sat through one here in December with a client and I, it's it is pretty amazing when you sit through an audit with a IRS agent how they do it any um so, well I mean I know it, we're getting a little bit out there but <clears throat> any anything uh, you got from that from that experience that's important for people to know about what amazed you about it well <laughs> I mean you know, again, 90% of people don't ever get audits. And if they do, it's usually an automated audit. Right. And so when you do get an audit, the challenge is, is that they go through everything. They walk, And I've had a couple people, I mean, they go through, they'll ask you, do you have money buried in the yard? You know, they're <laughs> going to ask you that question. They're going to look, they're in your house often, and they're going to say what, they're going to look at, okay, um, the house, the furnishings, everything matches the profile of the taxpayer. They're going to do a forensic um, investigation of your bank account. They're going to say, all right, everything sort of matches up, or it doesn't. So if you're sitting out there and you've got a uh, Ferrari in your you know, driveway and, you, and yet your income says you've got a $30,000 a year job, they're going to want to know why you have a Ferrari. Right. So that's, and that's how it works. So it's, you got to kind of, I guess, make sure that everything adds up. And, you know, in the case of asking about if something's buried in your yard, the same thing would apply to Bitcoin. If you're doing a lot of Bitcoin activity um, and the IRS comes and says, okay, are you doing Bitcoin activity? We have a couple transactions. Are you working with other digital currency? Are you doing this? Well, you have to answer that. And that's the challenge right. of getting audited. I mean, if you're technically under oath to, to say that, you know, to, to tell about your activity. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, I mean, for anyone who's out there doing Bitcoin, I mean, the stuff I'm seeing can come off as scary or whatever. But you also right. have to realize that it um, it's conventional auditing for IRS across the board for everything. And now it's just a new facet here. And, and the IRS, in my opinion, doesn't have the resources to go after individual Bitcoin users or any digital currency. Um, but they do have the resources to go after those, you know, um, providers, you may say, you know, like Coinbase or others, and that's right. what they'll do. So if, it, if you're worried about how to, to deal with Bitcoin, you know, then you want to, you, know, you might, Coinbase, obviously, I use Coinbase. Uh, it's reliable, it's easy, there's others, but probably you want to diversify a lot of your holdings. Well, I would bet that in the near future, the easiest way for the IRS to do this is to just require all exchanges to provide 1099s or whatever the form is called, you know, for people at the end of the year, right? And report? Yeah, it's just that, the, again, when you're – the IRS has a real problem here because when you're talking all these microtransactions, you know, I mean, it's, it is a different thing than a, a stock. So it's, you know, when people are using it for currency, um, you know, you can go buy a cup of coffee and they're expecting you to do a capital gain on that or a capital, you know, a loss. It's a tough thing to, you know, it's tough on them too to, to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, they could go yeah. that far. I, I think that, you know, the, the, I think here's the challenge that, you know, this is maybe a broader overview, but, um, the way the government is dealing with Bitcoin, and I was there at a conference um, in uh, San Francisco the day they announced it, and it was interesting to to uh, to watch that because you have all this enthusiasm and you know about this new industry, and and then they announced that. I saw it on my phone, and uh, yeah. I ended up asking uh, oh, uh the uh, it's Bobby Lee, he's the brother of it was the other Lee who started Litecoin, and he was also the head of the Chinese uh, Bitcoin exchange. Right. And he was up there saying, "Well, we're waiting to hear about regulations, and we're going to wait to see how regulations affect everything." And I, I finally I asked him, I said, "Well, wait a minute, you're waiting for regulations? They just announced that this is how they're going to do it." Hmm. And he didn't have an answer for that. And I, I found at a lot of conferences and, and just talking to people that a lot of that you know, the enthusiasm about Bitcoin, they, it's very easy to get into, but they don't have the answer as far as taxes. They'll talk about what future regulations are, but this is how they're regulating it. They're going, they're, they're, it's a bureaucratic method. By declaring it property and, and putting the the burden on the user what it's done is it now makes you know all of us that we, you know we're essentially guilty until we're we have to come up and prove what we're doing and the IRS now mm. has the ability to, to go after anybody that's doing it so the challenge what it does on a bigger scale is that you know everybody I think wants to see Bitcoin go to a broader audience you know being used right. you know, in, common exchanges and everyone getting you know a way to do it and everyone's trying to figure out how to do that this really right. gums up that opportunity it really it's it forces it in some way back into the 
you know, those that are into the technology and the, it forces those to use Monero or other, you know, um, zero coin or the other types that that are, you know, that are less traceable and not traceable. Yeah. So that's the challenge. Is that yes, there's, okay. anyone who's into Bitcoin or you know into digital currency, I should say, they're going to find a way around this. If they want to. Uh, yeah. It's just how does the you know the common person do it? And you know then what you get is you get a race towards other countries. You know, just be people, you know, using other countries and companies operating out of other countries that are, are Bitcoin friendly. And I've already experienced that a little bit in, you know, what I'm doing by some companies contacting me. All right. Well, what do you yeah, think? Last question. Yeah, thanks, Barry. Like his last question for now. Um, what What do you guess will happen? You know, this year, 2017, with uh, you know, with regulations surrounding uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, you know, the big date right now, I think it was March 11th, and that's when the ETF that they're going to decide on the, the Bitcoin ETF. That right now is the, the pivotal date. You know, so if uh, Bitcoin um, gets, if this ETF gets accepted, the, you know, the Winklevoss uh, ETF, then there's some changes because all of a sudden Bitcoin's value that's predicted is probably going to go up, you know, 25%. Um, who knows, maybe more. So if that happens, you know, Bitcoin's going to get more and more on the radar of what you might say conventional banking and, and uh, you know, the, the financial industry. So that's a big one right there. If it doesn't get accepted, I think we're just going to see, you know, the similar back and forth with China dictating the market. Um, you know, and that's, you know, and that's what we've seen is it gets a little, it gets up, you know, it gets this thousand point or $1,000 mark, it kind of breaks these thresholds. And there seems to be a new, you know, regulation put out there by China, which does most of the trading. Right. So that's the challenge we have ahead is, you know, we're talking about a global currency. So it, it's there's so many factors, and you know, we've just seen it with India recently, so many factors ahead that, um, you know, we, we're seeing, um, you know, what will affect it. You know what's going to happen in Japan right now? We have the, you know, Ken, we've got the nuclear issue there at their power plant. What if, uh, you know, what if this is a uh, scenario? What if uh, a major city had to be evacuated or another disaster happened? And then all of a sudden we see um, fiat currency lose value or getting hard to get a hold of. That's, you know, that's we saw that in a micro level at Cyprus. You know, we've seen it in other places in Greece. So if that kind of thing happens, then the value obviously of Bitcoin goes up, and then you know then it's there's so many elements out there that that make Bitcoin's price be what it is. So it is hard to predict. I, I do, I'm, you know, I try to be positive and optimistic. And of course, the big question after 2016, where you know we saw you know Bitcoin go from oh was it 200 odd dollars a year ago to, to where it is now, you know. Considered the best investment of 2016, and and I think it's hit its threshold. It's gone past this 900 mark, you know, around a thousand. So it's it's now standing there. So I, I think you know there's a good optimism that, especially this ETF going forward, that it will continue to rise up and and maybe be you know um, 1250, uh, 1500. But with the caveat that if some other major events happen. Could go either way. If you know, China or, uh, says 
it uh, completely regulates Bitcoin transactions. It could it'll really hurt it. Um, or another country says that. And um, or if there's a disaster out there or some other thing that goes on that forces people to try to use Bitcoin. So it goes up really high. So anyway, that's, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. Always with a hedge against the, you know, the global currency, the, the uh, fiat currency system that we have out there worldwide. Well, very good. All right, and then for folks that um, you know are concerned that they need to uh, address their Bitcoin holding or trading or gambling, you know, for uh, for 2016 and you know coming 2017, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can go to um, btctaxadvisor.com, and that will have all the pertinent information. And yeah, we're you know looking to do work with people that have um, you know just regular people using Bitcoin that want to so you know buy, uh, file it and put it under Schedule Ds and and other tax returns. We're also that's actually what I have been working with a little bit. I've got one company that's that uh, I'm working with right now or will be. Uh, also, there, you know, there's companies out there that, that want to work with somebody that knows a little bit about Bitcoin and more, I'll say, Bitcoin-friendly to, to, to set up their payroll or their, uh, you know, their corporate tax returns. That's another thing that we're doing. So, right. um, yeah, btctaxadvisor.com, and uh, they'll have all the information they need. Okay, John. Well, you know, I appreciate you taking the time. and. Um... You know, listeners definitely should uh, take heed and find out what they need to know by contacting you. So thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.